Hello and welcome back to this next episode in the Package Builder season of TM Podcast Black Belt Edition, our podcast about detailed topics of transportation management. Today is the 27th of November of 2020. My name is Felipe Hernandez Plazas and I will be your host for this ninth episode. Today we will continue the series by talking about the latest development surrounding the Package Builder, the Unified Package Builder. Here again with us, our expert guest, Markus Zahn, to guide us through this topic. Hello, Markus. Thanks, Philippe, for having me. Of course. So, Markus, tell us about what is this unified package builder? I mean, in the overview um, um, about the package builder and the detailed uh, features in the Black Belt Edition, um, we really focused on... Um, I always call it the supply chain execution package builder. But during uh, the explanations, um, we already uh, yeah, kind of explained that um, there are other packaging engines available at SAP and that this was already incorporated into the design of the package builder in the beginning. So uh, I mentioned when we discussed the enhancement spot options that there is a chance to either completely um, overrule the standard package builder functionality that is integrated into TM, uh, or for example, when determining the target package type assignment to uh, direct this into the direction of the packing instruction. So the most common uh, other known packaging uh, engines um, is the yeah, uh, packaging specification. Uh, used in the EWM, so the extended warehouse management context, and the packing instruction used in the uh, logistics part of the ECC. Um, and the problem for customers now is that, I mean, end-to-end uh, -end processes uh, run through all of those mentioned uh, applications and components. Uh, and if <laughs> any of those applications uh, uses Yeah, different packaging logics, uh, you will never have a smooth end-to-end uh, -end process. So the customer requirement um, for now a long time has been to uh, be capable to define in each of the process steps in the specific application which yeah, packaging engine should be used. Uh, and remember, the package builder was created from a transportation management uh, development team, but it was designed already for the reuse in the extended warehouse management and the first live customers that we had actually integrated the package builder uh, in custom projects into the extended warehouse management. So here we already have a reuse. So it became clear that actually this component that is in our ownership should be kind of the component Uh, unifying all of the existing packaging algorithms, engines, component, third party, whatever, um, into a single uh, component, enabling then um, a smooth process end-to-end. -end. And um, we discussed this for a while, and the architectural concept that we applied here is to actually yeah, come up with a new component uh, And to not confuse uh, our audience, uh, yeah, we had to give it a, a new name. 
uh, and we call it the unified package builder to kind of indicate that this is now the go-to component for all of the applications uh, requiring a packaging. So you can see it as a layer above all of the existing engines, an abstraction layer kind of, um, that has the responsibility to integrate all of the existing packaging engines, so the packing instruction, the packaging specification, and the supply chain execution package builder, including the package builder optimizer. So it encapsulates all of this uh, available, yeah, all of those available uh, components. And of course, this makes it uh, yeah, better for the application It only needs to use and call the unified package builder in the future. And maybe in the, in the podcast, uh, we can also give an architectural um, yeah, slide uh, to visualize um, the, the new structure. Um, so the applications can now call the unified package builder within the unified package builder package building profile. Uh, the customer has the option to select which package building engine should be executed and then all of this magic happens uh, but the application process where well, it basically hands over the items to be packaged it hands over which package building profile should be used and then it receives um, the item result hierarchy that is um, yeah unified i would call it independently if it's coming from the pi the ps or the pb Okay, and it then, I mean, the as you call it, the SCE, the Supply Chain Execution Package Builder, is the package builder that we have been discussing mainly in the last episodes. And this new component is then a layer above it. It still calls the this SCE Package Builder with the same uh, method that we have discussed in the interface, but it takes care of taking the output and... Uh, transforming it into a way that um, that the consuming applications can understand and also that considers other packaging engines correct okay and what and is this already implemented in in uh, 2020 is this something that, that is available for the customers so this is available in 2020 um, and you have to keep in mind that this is really a huge task to unify uh, across all of the applications, the packaging process. So what you find in uh, 2020 is that all of the processes within the transportation management component are already adjusted to the unified package builder. So there, in whatever process you have, you can decide between the PI, the PS, and the PB. Um, so I would consider this as done for the TM processes. Um, not talking about new requirements, but um, from the already existing processes, um, you are enabled to have a um, smooth usage of uh, the different components. In 2020 FPS1, there's the first uh, process in the EWM, leveraging the functionalities of the Unified Package Builder and all of the other adjustments on the application side um, uh, on the roadmap. Okay, so and we will talk about the consumers in the TM process in the next episode. Uh, but as you mentioned, so uh, this is also already converted or using this unified package building layer. 
so it's uh, also very important for us to to present this now today and, and to show you what the unified package builder then actually does um, so that you you know okay what what can I do or what how can I understand what happens in this layer good so let's I would say dive into the technical details so maybe I can talk a little bit about the technical development packages that are relevant to understand what the unified package builder does. Mm -hmm. So under the uh, main package SCMB packaging that we have already touched in one of the previous episodes, you find uh, three new packages that are relevant. So uh, the first one from bottom to top uh, is the PB underscore unified. Uh, this actually contains the complete new component. Uh, so the definitions that are required to uh, have the abstraction layer and also the connection to uh, the yeah to be used package building engines and we can drill down a little bit deeper in a minute um, we also find two other uh, packages so the one is the scmb pb underscore int for integration underscore pack underscore spec and the pb underscore int underscore pack underscore instruction. Those packages contain uh, the actual consumption of the packing instruction and the packaging specification. So those uh, elements in there are uh, responsible for mapping the, the uh, input correctly, receiving the result from the black box uh, packaging engines there, uh, and then map it back to the result that the unified package builder can understand. So um, for the context, it's very important that in this phase we are currently in, the packaging uh, specification and the packing instruction didn't change at all. So the features that are in there um, they are consumed by us um, and if you have an enhancement in there uh, and you uh, use the unified package builder you direct this to the PI um, it will give the very same result like it does when you directly consume the, uh, the PI okay and these int or integration packages, I mean, we, you have, you said we have two. We have one for the packaging or packing instruction and one for the packing specification. And the, um, question would be, of course, the PB, as we have already seen it, the, the SCE PB, um, is a, let's say also a, at the same level. Um, from an integration point of view, it's also one of the consumed package building engines, but but here we cannot change the name. Correct. It will stay PB, as a, but it does not mean that it's uh, more important from a process perspective. The customer probably will decide which engine to use. And um, so the question would be, how can the customer decide this? Uh, should we look at that first, or would you like to go into the details of the of the of the classes and methods no it's maybe a good idea to uh, as a starting point for understanding the component to uh, uh, go into the package building profile mm -hmm. and historically uh, the package building profile was really a supply chain execution package builder profile covering all of the required definitions for just this engine and then we had the challenge to decide 
do we come up now with a completely new profile again uh, being a unified package builder profile or do we kind of transfer this uh, very engine specific profile into um, yeah a broader usage and we said uh, i mean even if you take a look at the uh, customizing activities that are already available we decided against a completely new profile and we enhanced the uh, options to steer the process in the existing package building profile uh, i think when we discussed this profile uh, we already touched a little bit uh, on the available settings uh, but we kind of skipped the details and this is now the right spot to do so so if you go into the package building profile uh, you find Uh, now a section, uh, it's called the package building engine. And there you can select using a dropdown the engine you want to use when a process for the packaging is executed using this package building profile. Again, in the TM, as a reminder, you can define the to be used package building profile in the freight unit building rule or for the consolidation package building and uh, create PU based on PB in the planning profile. So again, from an application perspective, it's clear in which process you are in, which uh, document types you're currently uh, handling. So you might uh, apply a different packaging when you uh, pack something for a container compared to a delivery tour using a truck. Uh, so you have full control from a unified package builder perspective over the process you go down into the package building profile and there you can select the engine you want to use. And depending on the engine that you have selected in the dropdown, and there you have the packaging specification, the packing uh, uh, instruction and the package builder. And here it's not called supply chain execution package builder. Um, and then whatever engine you select there, you have tabs below covering the required yeah, detailed settings. And uh, as the package builder profile evolved into now the unified package builder profile, you find many settings for the package builder. But for the packing instruction and the packaging specification, uh, this set of required definitions is pretty limited. So it kind of steers to the, the profiles that are required for those engines. So for the packing instruction, you have the packing transaction profile that you need to define and you also find uh, when you're an expert for the PI uh, in the customizing activity and you need to define the HU object what for from my perspective is pretty much also kind of uh, uh, a guidance in which process you are in. Mm -hmm. So the document type or HU type that you have there, for example, has the outbound delivery, shipment information like that. But you only to consume in the unified package builder, the PI, you only need those two definitions. And for the packaging specification, uh, you find the determination procedure that you can enter and then uh, a specific setting to steer the behavior internally of the PS. And we will not go into detail for that. Right. So we looked into the details of the package builder in the past episodes, but we will not uh, spend time discussing the uh, engines for the packing instruction and packaging specification it uh, is enough to to know that the unified package builder can now consume them and it, but in the sense uh, it follows the same pattern or patterns as the package builder in the sense you have input items or you have to determine 
the definition for the packing or packaging and in the end you get the result. And now is maybe also the right point to talk about another advantage of the unified package builder as it does not only uh, centralize the selection of the package building engine to be used without an adjusted functionality but it also has the capability since it's a new component to offer centralized new features. So for example, on top of the selection of the package building engine in the package builder profile, you find now new features like a grouping heart, additional settings include auxiliary packaging material in the package builder result. So this is now the anchor component when something that is independent of actually the PIPS or PB shall be implemented that is generically valid for a packaging process. So you will find in the future more features in here because then you don't need to implement them in uh, all of the three uh, currently integrated components, but you can implement them once. So typically this goes into the direction of manipulating kind of the items to be packaged and a manipulation of the um, generic result. And this new form of the package building profile, it's available from 2020 onwards. It's, it, will, it will not be downported, of course, because there is no unified package builder below. But if customers would upgrade to this, I would assume that their existing package building profile settings will still be working in this uh, package building profile, but they will be accessible under uh, another form of UI. Correct. And of course, the default setting um, due to compatibility reasons would be uh, the selection of the package building engine, the package builder. So uh, it should, when you upgrade, uh, the process should continue smoothly. Um, but it gives you the chance with a new package building profile or an adjusted, manually adjusted package building process to now change the behavior. Okay, very good. Also important to mention um, the package builder test report kind of did the same transition from a test report being strictly uh, used in the context of the package builder. Now it's actually the unified package builder test report. So there, uh, we also decided to not have a new tool, but we decided to evolve this, uh, this very powerful tool into the unified package builder test report. It calls the API and there now it gives you the chance to also test the PI and the PS results. Okay. Great. Should we then um, actually go to the test report to debug an example or would you rather go to the classes and the methods? I think we should discuss the classes maybe. Okay. Jumping back then to our packaging hierarchy, <coughs> our software package hierarchy, we see um, the three packages mentioned by Markus. One for the integration of the packaging specification, the other for the packing instruction, and then uh, the first one that he mentioned, the PB unified package. There we have uh, many classes. Yeah. Um, one step back. So what I've just said, the transition of the package building profile and the package builder test report is also uh, visible in the in the package uh, hierarchy that you see here because uh, they are now separated. Uh, packages not being below the PB package, but they are now on the same level like the other engines and the unified package builder. So you find the package PB underscore profile 
as an independent package covering the profile itself and not below the PB and you find the PB test. So whenever you want to get familiar with those elements, uh, you find them encapsulated uh, in uh, separate pro uh, uh, packages. Okay. But coming now to the, the classes that are relevant for the unified package build, the most important class is SCMB CLPB uh, underscore unified. Uh, this is actually defining uh, yeah, the central component um, and uh, it implements the interface, the if underscore pb underscore unified. And this interface is maybe the uh, entrance point for, for the unified package builder also for you to understand um, what does uh, the component receive regarding the items to be packaged, which items does it return as uh, result items, what additional information is in there. And you uh, will find out that uh, the definitions of the yeah, items, may it be input, may it be output, is uh, done using local types. So there are no DEDIC elements. Um, as we at this stage did not want to manifest that uh, in the data dictionary. So to be as flexible as possible, um, those are local type definitions. And very similar to the package builder um, that we discussed in the previous um, episodes, um, yeah, the interface only implements a single method. It's called build packages because this is the main purpose of the unified package builder. Mm -hmm. And if you take a look at the signature, um, it's also very similar um, to the core package builder. Um, there are some differences. Um, one of the major differences is that I adjusted this new API uh, to be more yeah, generic. Um, the first API of the package builder was kind of uh, driven by uh, transportation management structures and names. And for the new option that we now have using the unified package builder, typically the parameters are yeah, speaking more and also the attributes uh, are yeah, defining clearly what, um, yeah, what they expect. So for example... Um, we find in the items to be packaged um, yeah, lengthy names like material number. So this doesn't typically match to the fields that are on the application side, not in TM and nor in, in the extended warehouse management. So there's always a mapping required. But for a new API, I think it's the best practice to... Uh, already give uh, a direction uh, by the names of the attributes. And one of the mm, main differences um, of the result is that uh, there is no items changed and items new uh, any longer. So we discussed this in the last episode when we talked about the enhancement options. Uh, it's just a result. So it's a unified table Uh, containing all of the unpackaged items, all of the packaged items, all of the split items and all of the uh, packaged items themselves. Uh, so you find, uh, get a complete item hierarchy and the picture uh, in this result. Uh, but for example, regarding the package detail and the positions and the footprint, this is very similar. Good. 
also the name of the input is called now items or item to be packaged instead of item current so that's also something a minor change but um, I, I would agree also it's it's clearer to understand if we go to the actual content of the method we see lots of similarities with the, the concept uh, of the package builder and I mean as you mentioned it's evolved from that it had many proven and, and good concepts and uh, we see that uh, you have also decided to reuse that and it is independent of what packaging engine will be called uh, in the end and so as such i think that that looks very nice do we want do you want to go yeah. into the details of some of them yeah i think similar to uh, the build packages uh, for the core package builder uh, it would make sense to structurally go over this one central overview method to not drill down too much uh, into the details but since it's not very long uh, it gives a good perspective of what's actually happening from an overview perspective Okay, so um, in comparison to the PB, which had 100 lines of code, this has even 61, so uh, even shorter. Uh, very nice. Yeah, so maybe I can start. I mean, the first thing that we, of course, need to do is we need to get the package building profile to uh, know what is actually configured regarding the to-be-used package building engine. So that's the first thing that we do. Uh, there's always some mapping into the internal format, but basically it accesses what you have defined. And remember, we receive from outside uh, in the parameter ISPB profile, <coughs> the package building profile that is actually defined um, on the application side. But since, and this is the difference to the other API of the old package builder, it receives the whole structure of the package building profile. So not only the ID, and it completely accesses what's on the database, but it gives for further use cases in the future the option that the unified package builder also works without an existing and, yeah, stored package building profile uh, in the maintenance. Uh, I think it's currently not used, but uh, I think it's a pretty nice concept, um, even though it might um, yeah, be harder to analyze than what's actually happening. So where are those settings coming from? But basically, this is an enhanced um, <coughs> feature. Mm -hmm. So the next thing that we are doing is a centralized uh, validate uh, item to be packaged check. So we decided we want to now analyze since we have extended use cases, not just the TM use case. We want to have a central um, spot in the in the coding to validate if the uh, supplied input is sufficient for the packaging. Maybe there is some completion of some attributes in there. Um, but this is the spot for the package builder or the unified package builder to define, can I continue with which item set? Okay, it would actually <coughs> see if we have enough information that the engines can even use to, to build a yep. meaningful example. Yep. And if not, um, it would then, I mean, the, the signature is, is simple. You pass in the item to be packaged and the exporting is the same. So it will overwrite what, or it will at least um, have the same table. But if you have filtered out something here, it will not be considered. Correct. So it means that it will try to do as 
much as possible, but it will not break the processing in a hard way. Correct. For example, if the application supplies a hundred products to be packaged, for one the information is insufficient, it will still try to package ninety-nine and uh, return one of those items then as yeah irrelevant or not touched at all. Good. Then the next one is enhancement method. Should we go into enhancements now or maybe later? No, I don't think uh, that we even need to go into detail. Uh, if you uh, want to understand the concept that we applied for uh, the unified package builder, you simply have to listen for the concept of the core package builder or the supply chain execution package builder. Because again, we give here the option to adjust the items to be packaged. So this is the entry spot. Uh, where you have the same capabilities like you have for uh, the similar method uh, in the package builder. But here you had the chance to start uh, from scratch and m maybe uh, correct some things that you would have liked to correct but couldn't. And I see also, for example, here the profile is passed among into this adjust items to be packaged. So we have here the option to do both right. steps at one time right if you remember uh, in the in the core package builder we had the adjust uh, settings and we had the adjust items input so you needed to combine those methods to get the whole picture of the current package builder run so i decided to centralize this uh, in a single method um, because there's no disadvantage uh, to have this uh, combined Okay, but here, I mean, we are talking about the package builder profile or at least the information that is uh, relevant to the unified package builder yeah, yeah. and not the yeah. the main components or the engines. So you will have the option to actually go again or to the settings adjustment in the package building. Yeah, yeah. Builder. very clear. I mean, if you have a running uh, enhancement in the package builder, you now switch to 2020 or you upgrade to 2020, you configure the package unified package builder profile to use the package builder, uh, you don't need to do anything. So this runs yeah, like it did before. But if you have additional requirements, how, for example, to steer the to-be-used package building engine, you can do this using this package building engine enhancement that is available for the UPB. So for example, um, I am aware of some customers that might want to decide about the package building engine depending on the supplied items. Mm -hmm. So depending on the product set that is currently in scope for the package builder run, I use the package builder using the package builder optimizer or if the item set is different, I might use the PI. Um, and this is not configurable in the package building profile. So if you want to have such a logic, you this is the right spot for you to adjust this. Okay, but once you um, decide for an engine, it will be applied to all items. Correct. That's the current yeah, um, implementation. Yeah, okay. Correct. So uh, within uh, a single UPB run, uh, there's no chance to separate the items into multiple different engines. Good. So once we have uh, done the possible adjustment via enhancement, then we are able to continue. And the next one, if we have some items to be packaged, would be, besides some message handling, uh, the method partition items to be packaged in line 21. Mm -hmm. So now um, we are 
after the filtering, the standard filtering of the UPB, we are after the enhancement spot option, we know that there is there are valid items to be packaged and now is the spot where the UPB can apply its own functionality and when we discussed the package building profile, I already mentioned there are new features like hard groupings, uh, like uh, returning own uh, auxiliary package materials if they are requested and this is uh, happening now here in line 21 uh, with this method. Um, Actually, the items to be packaged are separated into those hard groups uh, if this is configured. So, and here is also the coding area where new functionalities might occur before the package building engine that is selected is called. Okay, also, uh, you mean also new functionalities which are then also um, defined in the package builder in this Correct. top area. Okay. Correct. And then after we have done this UPB specific um, yeah, pre-processing functionality, uh, we derive out of the uh, package building profile the engine to be used. We initialize the class being responsible uh, for the mapping of the UPB items, input and output, to the corresponding engine that is selected. So it's not done in this UPB class. So everything that is then PI or PS or PB specific is then called in uh, or done executed in this engine class. And then we call in line 30 the selected engine. We supply the generic input. We expect the generic output to be received here. And then we, uh, and we can maybe go into an engine uh, in a minute. But what happens then after the engine has done its magic? Uh, we receive the result. We undo the partitioning again. So if it was configured to, for example, separate by business partner or by a location, and we have done that before the engine, we of course need to revoke uh, the changes. This is very technical because it happens on technical keys uh, to do this grouping, but everything in there happens uh, yeah, automatically. Again, then we have uh, uh, check result items. So uh, the unified package builder, as it is enabled to check the input, it can also check the result. And then only the final result mapping um, happens afterwards. So if you scroll down a little bit, <coughs> there's of course also then uh, again the enhancement spot to adjust the item's result. So we have the pre-processing enhancement option, we have the post-processing enhancement option, and then we're pretty much done. Then only message handling happens afterwards. Okay, so the check, uh, we did have, or we uh, did we have a check input in, in the same sense? I, I see validate item to be packaged. Is this also done, or the check is done uh, inside this method? Is it uh, like implicitly... The decision, is this item relevant for packaging? Mm -hmm. And what would be the difference then if we do the same thing at the end where we check the result item? Um, I mean, those are checks in the message check result items that the package builder can apply uh, by comparing the supplied items with the result items. So there is, for example, no material master data access required. So it's really something the UPB can do on its own. And the other method that follows afterwards, uh, going to uh, a specific check class, 
then includes some material mass or data access. Okay. And at the end, I mean, the enhancement method can override this or do in the end some, some uh, further processing for that. Again, very powerful. You can mess up the result that it leads to uh, yeah, non-persistable results in the application. So very careful here, but uh, very powerful also. Okay, then let's uh, go back into the actual engine call. Um, and before looking into one of the specific engines, let's look maybe a moment at the signature to see what is even passed to each of one of these uh, engines. And this is the, the power of the, of the whole concept. At this stage, we have one definition for all of the engines. And this definition is then yeah, expressed by the signature. And I see three importing parameters and for exporting. And the importing one is, of course, the PB profile that we were also able to, to change uh, in an enhancement. The item to be packaged, or the items, which also could have been changed in the enhancement. And the footprint unit of measure table. Um, for this footprint, I, I know it is used in, in the core package builder or in, the, in our SCE package builder. And probably it's the reason also why we have to pass it on here. But um, I mean, it could also be used by future engines. Why is it important at this stage? Yeah, uh, I think you touch now a very critical point for any abstraction layer. I mean, we are combining here the functionality of three different packaging engines. And regarding the input, but also regarding the output, you face the challenge that some of those components might not be able to process a specific input that is supplied here generically into the engine. And also some of the components might not be able to fill a result. So to give a very easy to understand example, uh, if you select in the package building profile to use the packing instruction, uh, this component is not capable of filling the detailed item positions to, for example, in the TM have a detailed visualization of a mixed palette. So this can only be done using the package builder, using the package builder optimizer. So uh, very important to understand this abstraction API needs to be as broad as it requires all of the engines to be and it also contains results broadly that might not be filled when selecting a specific engine and this is not only true for specific output tables but it can also be relevant for some attributes within one table so for example there might be um, attributes in the item result that the packing instruction or packaging specification can simply not fill because it's not scope of that functionality. And then this is of course not an error. Um, it's simply driven by the fact that um, depending on the select, uh, selected engine, the scope of this engine doesn't change. So if you would call it directly, you would also not have this information at hand but it of course gives the applications the chance to yeah, use this abstraction uh, layer that is now new 
to for the core processing. So I hand over and the main purpose of the packaging is to hand over items to be packaged and to receive an item hierarchy back. And this can be done by all of the three components. But the question what additional information is attached to the result can deviate between the selected engines. And I mean, there are some criteria which we want to reach by, by doing this uh, this way. And one of them, of course, is the, the reliability or, or the functional correctness. And for that, the importance of these validation methods is, is uh, very high. And this is why they are done before calling the engine and after the engine is called. And the other thing is the readability or how easy it is to maintain or, or understand it. I think from that point of view also, it, it looks to be, I mean, it's not a giant signature yeah. with, with 50 parameters. It's uh, seven parameters. So it, it looks uh, to be quite readable. So I would also say it's, it's quite a good implementation to have done that three engines with very different uh, requirements to yeah. And what you've just mentioned, the IT footprint unit of measure is a very good example. This is only supported currently by the package builder because it has those specific definitions. But we have to keep in mind, there's also a roadmap for the unified package builder. So this is actually the first version of the unified package builder to start this uh, transition to a very centralized packaging engine and driven by the transportation management. We have on the roadmap multiple adjustments. So, of course, you can imagine that basically the packing happens in the PI and there are no exact item positions available. But since you, it would be nice to have them in, in the application, you can also imagine that then the package builder optimizer runs for such a result. So there are many things on the table that the centralized component of the unified package builder enables. If it comes uh, in standard, we don't know. But now we have a central spot to say we kind of raise the functionality even if the PS or PI cannot offer something and it might not change. So those components might not be developed any further. Maybe they will, I don't know. Uh, but now you can say for all of the free components, the unified package builder might have an option to kind of also homogeneously improve the result quant uh, quality of, of, of the data there. I mean, all of these parameters are important. They come from requirements that have been important to customers that we support in our uh, application. And as you mentioned, it does not mean that the other engines cannot learn them also with time. It's a possibility. Um, and from the other point of view, having this integration or this layer also forces us, because integration is now very important, it forces us also that we cannot just extend the engines in, in a way. We need to consider this layer uh, so, so that we do not expand the features without considering the other engines that are used in this mm -hmm. layer. Yeah, and this is maybe now a perspective taking a deeper look at the functionality of the integrated engines. The sa very same um, thinking is true coming from the other di direction of the consumers. So just because the unified package builder API contains the item positions as details, it doesn't automatically mean that, for example, a consuming application also yeah, uses, persists, and shows that. Um, but it enables this 
application to do so in the future if the customer requirements for this exist. So to stick to that example, in transportation management, there is a 3D visualization for the freight order showing the detailed mixed package building results determined by the optimizer. So there it is a very, very helpful tool to make the transportation planner mayor, more aware of um, the current situation of the planning and we also display those detailed mixed packages or pallets then when they are loaded onto the truck and we can also add it to the outbound message. So maybe from a customer requirement, it might also be relevant to visualize uh, the packaging result in other applications. They might not do so today, but using the Unified Package Builder, they automatically can receive the data determined by the package building engine below and maybe easily grow uh, from a functional point of view in the future. So otherwise it would need to be implemented for all of the engines separately. So on the roadmap, there's a clear uh, path to streamline all of those processes that also other consuming applications like EWM or the logistics uh, area in the ECC um, will have the chance to do so. So this component was a very cr uh, critical and a needed step in that direction. Yeah. Okay, great. So then let's look at uh, an example. Maybe let's take the packaging specification yeah. engine. So it has its own class in the same package for so, the Unify. Yeah. yeah, so all of those PB engine underscore specific PB, PI or PS uh, implement the same interface for the engine itself. So they receive exactly at the line 30 uh, the data that we've just discussed. Um, And then the responsibility of the PB engine class is pretty much only the mapping from the generic unified package builder input format into the required engine format and to call this engine, of course, then to receive, uh, receive the result and map it back into the unified package builder result. Structures. There is actually no more functionality in, in that. It's only the mapping and the actual call to the engine itself. Okay, so I mentioned the packaging specification, but I think it would make sense to take the uh, old uh, PB because we have already looked in details of that engine and it's uh, then easier to understand also regarding the mapping. Okay, so there's one interface method as with uh, the unified class and also our um, previous package builder class and it's called also the same build packages and uh, if i see this is even less lines of course now we are 32 because it as you mentioned only does uh, this mapping the execution and the mapping back and i see then also the interface method um, calls one method called as the first one map input uni to pb Uh, is this a method that is common to all of the engines? Is this an interface yeah. method? Yeah. Which this is, is my understanding. Yeah. So all of those three uh, currently existing engine classes should follow the same pattern. Okay. Uh, but of course, the uh, actual implementation or the method will, of course, be different because everyone will have their own mm. item yeah. table to be um, exported based right. on so the So they engine. receive this very, very same 
input, mm -hmm. but they of course map it into completely different formats. Okay. And of course, again, because the unified package builder evolved from this one, the mapping was probably not that um, um, challenging. Although I would guess also some things had to be adjusted. Uh, but other than that, um, it's yeah. pretty straightforward. Yeah, I already mentioned that the naming of the specific attributes changed a lot. So, of course, there is explicit mapping required. So you cannot, from a technical perspective, use just the move corresponding. Um, but so any yeah, additional field now needs to uh, be transferred explicitly. Okay, and now we actually have the our proper build packages <laughs> method that we have come to know in the past episodes being called here. It's called also from a member object or member class. Um, uh, the first question would be, where is this member class coming from? Was this um, instantiated in the constructor? Was it given into this um, class by the calling unified package builder class? Um, I would guess probably it's instantiated here. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, no, but it's actually giving <coughs> into the, no, sorry, it's giving into this um, class from outside. Uh, because, of course, it was determined um, in our previous um, implementation. Um, no, I and think the method get pb engine. No, I think you are in the wrong class. So you need to go into the constructor of the uh, pb engine pb. All oh, right, the hierarchy still um, points to the. Uh, that's correct. Let me just refresh the hierarchy so it actually shows me the same. And here is of course a source of danger by having uh, many, mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah, hierarchies of packages and classes. In this sense, um, this is the correct constructor. And as you mentioned, okay, we actually have a, a super constructor there, or we instantiate the uh, the package builder engine. Yeah, I mean, and this uh, is actually the the class that we have always talked about, yeah. the SCMB CLPB. Correct. And of course, to follow a good architectural uh, concept, Uh, we have now three engine classes that are specific to the to-be-used engine, but they, of course, also share some uh, common features. So there's a super class for that that is instantiated first. So it, of course, takes over, for example, message handling and stuff like that. Uh, and then all of those subclasses can then benefit from a central functionality. So whenever all of the three engines should use something in addition, It can be implemented in the superclass and the, the subclasses can leverage that central functionality then. Currently, I don't think that there's uh, much in there, uh, but it's obvious that um, we should apply this concept. Mm -hmm. And now in this package builder engine class for the PB or for our core, core or SCE package builder, we have this call to the build packages Uh, interface method in line 8 and this is fam familiar we have already discussed these uh, inputs and, and outputs and at the end we will also get our expected uh, tables with item change, item new item position etc. Right and the cool thing that you can see here now is uh, actually for which of the results a mapping is required and not mm -hmm. so for example the item positions can be passed uh, immediately back to 
the unified package builder while for the other some mapping is required that is then done in line 19 uh, with map result pb to uni okay and the same we have mentioned it uh, a couple of times this pattern is then also applied to the other engines mm -hmm. could you do me a favor and yes. open the engine class for the pi because uh, there's something i would like to uh, show for that example so if you go one number pi yeah so if you go there into the interface method um what you can see as a comment in the beginning is we indicate with a comment what the engine currently cannot supply as a result. So we don't go down to the field level, for example, which fields are supported and which not. Maybe we'll do that in the future as soon as we have the first customers really using the unified package builder. But currently uh, we make it kind of clear what is an expected result. So when somebody opens a ticket and uh, reports an error, well, I've configured the PI, uh, but I don't see a, a detailed uh, image of the yeah, mixed package in the transportation cockpit, for example. It's clear when you go down uh, from a support perspective that the engine cannot supply that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, but very nice. All of these engine um, classes uh, have a very lean implementation of this mapping, execution and uh, mapping back to the unified um, formats. And uh, I think that uh, looks quite uh, readable and understandable. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if you see the final result of the unified package builder, it's actually a pretty lean concept. So what it, from a functional point of view, takes over, um, is I I would even tend to call it very simple, uh, but from the concept how to come there and to control the central behavior of the packaging, it's a very mighty concept. Mm -hmm. Do you have an estimation of how many fields we have in our results? I mean, we have, um, and that's maybe a disadvantage of having internal types which are. Um, built up from several structures you do not have like the list of fields in, in one view but um, it doesn't look to be that uh, large right i mean it's uh, i would yeah, expect maybe 50 like important fields and if we compare this to our item structures for for the tour object where we have almost 300 so this seems very manageable and um, actually very cool okay Good. Um, so we are now at the end of the um, Unified Package Builder call. If we go um, to our class CLPB Unified, that was the entry point for every consuming application. And we see that our engine was called and all of the rest of the methods that you uh, went through. We are at the end. We pass back the result and item package detail, the item position if filled and, and available and the footprint the same. And there we um, have finished, right? The, the package, the unified package builder run. Yeah. And from a application integration point of view, uh, I think it's the best practice to have a central component on the application side, calling the unified package builder. This is at least what we've done for transportation management. And that central class, so you have multiple processes in your application packaging. You have 
if all of those different processes call directly the unified package builder, you have a hard time to adjust if the unified package builder somehow evolves. Um, so in TM, we have a central package building class. It's SCM, TMS, CL package builder. And that centralizes all of the accesses to the unified package builder. And within such a central component, you can make very transparent what input you can actually supply. And we discussed this, um, that some fields or some even some tables might not be fillable from the application side because the configurability or the attributes are simply not there. And also from a result perspective, this is the right spot to indicate in my application, I do not consume the item positions currently. But it's very transparent that, I mean, if you then have 20 processes and you would call the U UPB um, directly at every spot, uh, you will also have a hard time in the future when you actually want to support item positions centrally. Um, so, yeah. And so of, the course, of course, the concept of mapping also happens <laughs> at every stage and there will be mapping of course from your yeah. application to the inputs expected by the unified package builder and then also it makes sense to centralize that if that's al always happening in a similar way yeah and one advantage for tm was uh, also that we had this central class in place so the switch from the package builder to the unified package builder only took one or two days of development efforts and then all of the processes in TM automatically switched to the more mighty concept of the unified package builder because we did not need to adjust all of the spots where we actually do the packaging. It's very cool. So it paid off even yeah. before that because we already had this in, in, in TM. Cool. Good. Um, I think we have reached the end of this um, Uh, episode we also went over the enhancement methods maybe not in the detail that we did for the previous episode but uh, the gist is the same it's the same pattern so um, from that point of view I think we all have also covered that we are we also in the end we touched a little bit about the consumers and I think this will be a topic for our next episode the consumers we will talk about more specifically in TM what consumers do we have of the package builder or now as we know it now the unified package builder this will be the topic for our next episode and I also think it will be um, our last episode in the series we will then have covered the main topics in um in what about this topic uh, package builder um but i think we have um, mostly covered everything that, that should be important to know about the package building components uh, from a consumer point of view mm? and you will have then enough information hopefully to actually understand what the package building components do and how you can affect them. But stay tuned for our last episode then about the consumers. It will round off nicely what we have presented so far. Markus, thank you very much. Um, we hope, of course, to have you back for the next episode. One more time. <laughs> One more time. And uh, thanks to you, dear listeners, and hope to have you, have, have you back next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.